Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Everybody, welcome to the porch. It is a VolQuest baseball podcast where we chat with VFL Luke Lipsius every single week, right here on VolQuest.com. I was about to say every single Thursday, but uh, with the Thursday series, with the early series these past two weeks, we've been dropping it sometime on Wednesday. So uh, that's again kind of the plan here uh, this week as Tennessee is set to take on Florida, the number three team in the country, big time Southeastern Conference series. And that is on deck this weekend, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. But hey, this is The Porch, and we couldn't do it without our friend Spivey King and Spivey LLP. That's Matthew A. Spivey, J. Matt King, and Richard A. Spivey. you got a problem, let them find a solution for you. That is TN Trial Lawyers. They specialize in criminal defense, family law, personal injury. Examples of that can be DUI, homicide assaults. Uh, car wrecks, uh, accidents, custody, alimony, all that good stuff. They have over 80 years of combined experience. You'll go ahead and give them a call today for a free consultation, 423-245-4185. Or you can see them in person at 142 Cherokee Street in Kingsport, Tennessee. A big thank you to Spivey King and Spivey LLP for making our coverage here on the porch possible. Okay, so where are we right now? Well, Tennessee is 21-8. and eight. Let me make sure that's correct. Tennessee is 21. Yep, that's right. 21 and 8 on the season. 4 and 5 in Southeastern Conference play. Drop 2 on the road at number 1 LSU. And you guys have probably heard me talk about this on the VolQuest podcast earlier this week and um you know maybe even on my podcast Locked on Vols, you can check it out on YouTube uh, as well. And um you know that was really just kind of like I mean especially on uh Thursday and a little bit of Friday as well. That was like a minor league baseball season series if you will, those couple of games. I mean, you had two big leaders on the mound, and and Paul Skeens going at it with Chase Dolander, and Chase was not his best. Um, he worked himself into countless jams, but got himself out for the most part. Gave up two runs and four and two thirds, handed the ball over uh, with Tennessee a chance to win that win that baseball game. And uh, again, prospect Dolander, prospect Skeens, prospect Dylan Cruz. <laughs> I mean, it was all over the place. And then you hand the ball over to Seth Halverson, who will be in Major League Baseball, at least in the organization, uh, again in the future as well. So it was really, really cool to see all that unfold on Thursday. And then on Friday, you have Chase Burns, who's going to be a high draft pick in 2024. Um, and, of course, you know, you've got you know Tommy White, uh, Dylan Cruz, Trey Morgan, uh, Gavin Dugas, who is just a Tennessee killer, apparently. Brady Neal, the freshman catcher as well. I'm not going to talk a whole lot about LSU's order, but I say all that to, you know, let's remember that this is the best hitting team in America right now. This is the best offense in America right now. And, and sure, it's frustrating. You know, a couple of plays here and there, and Tennessee could have walked away with a series win. Heck, maybe even walked away with a series sweep, but you don't win on ifs and buts, right? Shoulda, coulda, woulda. And you kind of are who you are. And, and Tennessee right now is a team that is talented, is a team that is good. I wrote my 3-2-1 earlier this week, or maybe it was the Monday night chat, I can't remember, but something I learned from Tennessee is, 
Tennessee can beat anybody in the country. Tennessee can win any series in the country. And I did learn that uh, against LSU, even though Tennessee didn't win that series. And, and I don't think I would have said that a couple weeks ago. Um, it's not like Tennessee has all of a sudden flipped the switch in terms of fixing all of its little mistakes. I mean, again, defense, I mean, what are we doing at some points in, the, in those games, right? Um, base running mistakes and then hitting a home run right behind it, which could have tied the ball game in game two of that series. Like, what, do you, what are you doing? I mean, I know Dylan Dryling, who's got so much potential and does a lot of good things for Tennessee so far, making a quote-unquote freshman mistake getting picked off first base. But, I mean, we're halfway through the season right now. Freshmen aren't freshmen anymore. Okay, so it, it's not like Tennessee has erased all of its warts, if you will, but Tennessee's getting better. The at-bats are getting better. The lineup is getting deeper. Uh, you have some options, lineup flexibility, you know, moving Zane Denton down to the bottom third of the order. I love that. I wish he'd stay right there. Uh, guys are stepping up. Griffin Merritt is in the midst of a horrific slump right now. Um, you know, I, I think I put the totals in. And maybe one of my last uh, four quick takes of that series, or maybe it was a 3-2-1, whatever the case is, he's got like seven games hitless, 20 at-bats hitless, two of his last 30. I mean, it's it's bad right now, and that's a bat that Tennessee is counting on. But Hunter Inslee and Christian Scott have stepped up in the absence of Griffin Merritt, who's you know not in the lineup the last two games of that series, as well as Kavars Tears, who can't run the outfield right now. Uh, coming back from a hamstring injury, Tony said on, uh, on Wednesday that he's probably still a week away from running and if he would have reached base safely in those two pinch hit opportunities uh, over the weekend that they would have pinch ran for him but um, potentially he could maybe run the bases um, but he's still probably a week away from running but he, he's making his way back and you want Kavar's tears to get back for you big time right but you've got Hunter Inslee stepping up he's becoming an everyday player you've got Christian Scott stepping up and becoming an everyday player. You had Kyle Booker step up in a major way on Saturday's game, Game 3. Um, and I'm going to go ahead and say this right now. I've probably already done it twice. If I say Sunday in reference to last last weekend, it's Saturday. You know, these Thursday, Friday, Saturday series are throwing me off a little bit. But, you know, Kyle Booker stepped up, man. He was huge. Made a couple plays in the outfield. Got the ball back in in a hurry. Um, at the plate, he had three hits on Saturday. I mean, he was, he was big. And so, you know, those guys stepping up. So... Tennessee's getting guy getting production from guys that you wouldn't think would be big time contributors at this point in the season, and that's big. As I mentioned, the at bats are getting a little bit longer; they're getting a little bit more calculated, and that's good to see as more guys become every single day players. So, I might not have said that Tennessee could beat anybody in the country or win any series in the country a couple weeks ago, but I do think that Tennessee can do that now. Now. That doesn't mean that it will. That doesn't mean that it's going to come out of this gauntlet stretch of LSU, Florida, at Arkansas, Vanderbilt, you know, with a good record, right? I mean, you want to you want to win a couple of these series, right? I mean, it's a great opportunity this weekend against Florida to win this series at home, and there's a great opportunity to get after that starting pitching. I'll get to that here in a moment, but you know, it wasn't always pretty at times. Tennessee is not going to be the cleanest team defensively. It's just not the two. The one error and the one boneheaded play by Christian Moore uh, at second base in the eighth inning of uh, Thursday's game, just inexcusable in my opinion. And I understand even if you get out of that and you don't give up those three runs, you go to the ninth inning, it's two to two, right? So I get that. So who's to say if Tennessee would have won that game? But Tennessee handed that game to LSU on a silver platter. LSU's best team in the country right now. They don't need your help. And Tennessee handed it to them because 
of the drop flip to first base from Blake Burke. Seth Halverson just drops at the first base bag. I mean, that gets you out of the inning. That's bad because Halvey pitched really, really well in relief. And then Christian Moore, I know some, you know, some of us have gone back and forth a little bit in the game threads, and, and that's fine. Everybody has, you know, their opinion. But the fact of the matter is, you field that ball cleanly with a speedy run on the base pass, you throw to first base, and it, you're out. It's out, you're out of the inning. There's no reason to try and tag the base runner there. Absolutely no reason. And just because it does not go down as an error in the scorebook does not mean that was a horrific play because, again, in my opinion, a horrific play could have got you out of the inning. So Chase Dolander does not give you his best stuff, but still gives you a chance to win that baseball game. Chase Burns comes in, and, you know, the defense wasn't great behind him either, but, man, Chase Burns just kept giving extra base hit after extra base hit after extra base hit. And that's kind of been a theme so far in SEC play, which is not great. It's not great. And, again, defensively, miscues behind him. Base running uh, with Dylan Drowling that I already mentioned, and then Hunter Inslee comes up behind him. Could have been a tie ball game at that point. And, and that stuff can change the course of a ball game because Chase Burns, I mean, again, he had seven strikeouts to one walk in that outing, and he only went three innings. It, it's like when LSU made contact, they made him pay. And so it's just unfortunate. We need this series to be played. We need Chase Burns to make his start on Friday. I understand he's the second or the, the Saturday starter, uh, the number two starter for Tennessee, but we need some consistency for Chase Dolander. Making back-to-back Saturday starts, I think, would be big, you know, for Chase Burns. And so, uh, we'll see if Chase Burns can can bounce back. He's going to get the ball, and Tennessee needs him to bounce back because the ERAs in Southeastern Conference play for Dolander and for Burns have not been what what, what they need to be. It's again, I'm not going to overreact here, and we'll talk to Luke about this here in a little bit uh, in a moment. But you know, the starting pitching it, it's not horrible. It's certainly not elite where it was last year, but it's not good enough, in my opinion. Um, and I think you would agree. Those guys are so talented, Beam included, so talented, and, and bring so much to the table. And I'm not counting those guys out yet because I've seen them do incredible stuff. But you need to start picking it up a little bit. You know, when your back's against the wall like it was on Saturday, or, yeah, Saturday coming out in Game 3 there, and I thought Drew Beam made some big outs, which is big. But, again, his error led to a four-run inning. An error by Blake Burke allowed a run to come in and score. <laughs> Again, it's just, it, it, it's been really ugly at times, but 10 runs, we go to Saturday now, 10 runs in the first two innings there. I mean, Tennessee was like, hey, we're not going to go home empty-handed, right? I mean, Tennessee came out and just just pounded the baseball, and it was, it was really, really good to see. So props to Tennessee for winning game three in a big way too, exclamation point, if you will. I still wish Beam would have went longer in this game because – Four and two-thirds, three innings, and four and a third, I believe, is what the three starters went into the game. Um, they, they need to go longer, in my opinion. And, and hats off to Seth Halverson. Hats off to Andrew Lindsay, because they saved that bullpen against the best-hitting lineup in America, top to bottom, right now. Things can change, but right now. So props to those guys. Tennessee's bullpen was really good. And how about Xander? Xander stealing, what, four outs? No, Xander stealing... Seven outs, whatever it was. I think he went, no, that was, uh, sorry, sorry, I'm getting my getting my box scores mixed up. That was uh, Camden Sewell that went two and two-thirds. Yeah, I think Xander pitched a little over an inning, got four outs for you. That was huge to bridge that gap to get it to Camden Sewell to take you almost the rest of the way because Camden Sewell needs to get his arm stretched out because you know, spot starts are coming up, right? You're about to get to that point in the season. We're halfway through, and you're going to need some spot starts here and there to, to get you to the finish line. And, of course, in 
tournament play and then regional play and super regionals if you make it all that far and everything. Um, Cannon's going to be one of those guys that will get the ball, as could Seth Halverson, as could Andrew Lindsay. You're in a good position. Uh, but I do think Tennessee's getting better. It's got to stop shooting itself in the foot. It's got to stop shooting itself in the foot, and it could be it could be great. So uh, the, the slate doesn't get any easier, right? You've got, man, oh, man, you have got, um, you got Florida coming to town, and it's a big-time matchup. Uh, I think that there's some parallels with Florida starting pitching and Tennessee's starting pitching right now. I think all three of these guys are really, really good. Now, Tennessee starters have proven it more, you know, but I think Brandon Sprout, I think uh, uh, Hurston Waltrip, who came over from Southern Miss, was an All-American last year. And, of course, Jack Hoggion, um is has been fantastic this year, both at the plates uh, and on the mound. And so I think for Tennessee, if you can get the Florida starters early and, and really rough them up a bit, all three of those guys have not been very good in Southeastern Conference play. Uh, let's look at this. Sprout, the, the number one starter, the guy that's going to start on uh, on Thursday. He threw, a, uh, he threw a complete game one hitter in a shutout over Alabama back on March 16th. But in his last two starts in SEC play, let's see here, he has allowed 13 runs and six and two-thirds. That's, that's not great. That's opportunity, if you will. Waltrip, his last, let's see here, he's allowed six runs across five innings. Nope, oh, hold on. He's not been good to end SEC, or to, here recently in SEC play as well. Um... He's been tagged for six runs across five innings and a couple starts ago, but uh, he bounced back in his last start against Auburn with six run, six inning, three run showcase against the Tigers. Uh, he had okay, here we go. Uh, he had double digit strikeouts <laughs> numbers in three of his seven starts this season and punched out nine two weeks ago against Ole Miss. But that's a game that he lost, but he did bounce back anyway. So he's had his ups and downs in SEC play. Sorry, it took me a little while to get there, uh, and then. Um, you know, Cogleon, who's just leading the nation with home runs at the plate right now, um, he's got a 3-0 record, 4.18 ERA, the best ERA amongst their starters. His strikeout-to-walk ratio is not great, 30 strikeouts, 21 walks, and his production has dipped in SEC play, allowing 11 runs across 12 innings in league play. See, that was much smoother when I find the stats and I recite it when it's right in front of my face. So I do think there's opportunity there for Tennessee to get on these starters early. I really, really do. But look at them at the plate. Now, we're talking about LSU being really, really good at the plate. Gosh, Florida is fantastic at the plate as well. So you got Florida and Jack Coglione, who's fantastic, leading the nation with 18 home runs in 29 games. Um, he's leading the team. He's third, second on the team with a 403 average, leads the team with 46 RBI. Um, he's got he's leading the team with 50 hits he's doubled eight times he's tripled twice he's doing a little bit of everything he plays first base when he pitches he'll be the dh so he's, he's you're not moving that bat out of that number three hole in the lineup a cleanup hitter josh rivera arguably the best hitter on the team right now it's a really good surprise for uh, the junior he leads the team with a 411 batting average in 30 games he has 11 home runs He's walked 21 times, struck out just 13 times on the year, and he has a team-high 43 runs scored. He's also stolen 10 bases in 11 tries, so he's really their base dealer as well when he gets on. That's the cleanup hitter shortstop, Josh Rivera. And then the guy that everybody was talking about preseason, and, and still is because he's still a fantastic player. He's having a really, really good year, just kind of getting overshadowed by his teammates, right? 
he's an MLB prospect. He's right around there with Chase Dolander and and Paul Skeens and and um, you know Dylan Cruz. It's Wyatt Langford. He missed a little bit of time in March, but he's come back. He's hitting 402 in 23 games. He has eight home runs, 21 RBI. Leads the team with 10 doubles. He has three triples. He also has 26 walks in 23 games. Professional hitter, that being Wyatt Langford, the outfielder. So, you know, this team is really, really solid. And then a catcher. Um, I don't even know how to say his last name. I apologize, guys. I know we played last year. Uh, BT Rapelli maybe anyway he was a preseason all-conference selection at catcher um he's got 34 rbi he's hitting 312 in 30 games and when he's not behind the plate he is the team's designated hitter so they find a way to get their best bats in the order on a daily basis this is a really really good offensive team in florida they only have a couple losses on the season seven overall they've dropped one game to auburn one or five overall. They've dropped one game to Auburn, one game to Alabama. They've also lost a game to Miami, Jacksonville, and South Florida. Again, this is Florida, who was picked to finish second in the East behind Tennessee, did get one vote to win the conference. And Florida is a team with a 40, let's see here. Florida is a team with a 25 and 5 record, 7 and 2 in Southeastern Conference play. So uh, a big time series coming up for Tennessee hosting Florida in a weekend where it's going to be uh it's going to be a wet one, right? I mean the forecast, you know how it changes a little bit all the time, but uh be prepared if you're going to the games, times could shift a little bit, delays, uh, hopefully not. Hopefully we'll get them in because Tennessee needs to play this series at home this weekend uh for sure. They will not play on Easter Sunday. Uh you can't just add a game to the series even though it starts on Thursday. So, you know, we will uh We'll see what happens, but a big one at Lindsey Nelson Stadium, and, and Tennessee needs to win this series, and I think it can. I, I really, really do think it can. We got Luke Lipsius coming up next here. I'm going to get a couple of reads and say thank you to our proud sponsors first. Spivey King and Spivey LLP, Matthew A. Spivey, J. Matt King, Richard A. Spivey. Their mission statement, hey, if you got a problem, they're going to find a solution for you. That's T and Trial Lawyers specializing in criminal defense, family law and personal injury, DUI, homicide assaults. They've got, uh, they represent cases in custody, alimony, parental rights, or accidents such as car wrecks. They have over 80 years of combined experience. Spivey King and Spivey LLP provides representation throughout the state and federal courts in Northeast Tennessee. The firm has a vast amount of trial experience. Practice has been in place for 43 years with this partnership with those three guys since 2012, while also having partners who were energized for today's modern legal demands. Practicing primarily in Northeast Tennessee, the Tri-Cities of Sullivan County, as well as Hawkins County, Washington Counties, and surrounding areas, the firm has multiple has won multiple awards with attorneys who are rated by super lawyers in the Mid-South and real trial experience. Whether you are injured in a car accident, need divorce, help with custody of your children, or have been accused of a crime, we are here to help. That is Spivey King and Spivey LLP. Go see them in person in Kingsport, Tennessee at 142 Cherokee Street. Give them a call today for a free consultation. That is 423-245-4185, 423-245-4185 for a free consultation, or you can always visit them on their website at spivykingandspivyllp.com. All right, so we're talking baseball here. March Madness just wrapped up, but the fun never stops at MyBookie. Time for you to go ahead and shoot your shot. It's not too late by visiting mybookie.com. Whether you're filling out brackets during March Madness or we're playing those weekly blackjack tournaments, you can always turn your game day into payday over at mybookie. Getting started with mybookie is really simple. Visit the website online, make your first deposit, 
and use the promo code VOLQUEST to claim an exclusive deposits for your bonus. That's promo code VOLQUEST, V-O-L-Q-U-E-S-T, to claim some extra money on top of your initial deposit. With hundreds of thousands of prizes for March Madness and weekly blackjack tournaments, you can turn game day into payday with my bookie. Bet anytime, anywhere, anything with my bookie. Luke Lipsius coming up next as you listen to the porch. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Luke, Tennessee drops two of three at LSU last weekend, but uh, I thought there was a lot of positive takeaways from that series. Right now, LSU is the best team in the country. We'll see where things stand in a couple weeks, but that lineup is is really, really challenging. Uh, Tennessee exploded for 10 runs in the first two innings in game three on Saturday, won that with a football score, low-scoring uh, football game, 14-7. to Kind of what were your takeaways from Tennessee at LSU last weekend, knowing that if a couple of plays went differently, maybe Tennessee would have won that series or maybe even swept. It was that close. Yeah, well, the first thing that comes to mind is, I mean, it must have been tornadoing out there because we could not <laughs> catch a pop-up to save our lives. Um, you know, there. I think that is a segue into the, the defense that we've been playing um, and looking at the stats, I believe, were bottom third of the SEC in defense, and that's overall defense, whereas – strictly sec defense i think we're even worse um so you see there's there's plenty of room to clean it up and i think the main takeaway also from this weekend is that we played well i would say there is nothing wrong with what happened this weekend um you hold the best team in the nation two to two going into the bottom of the eighth um and if it were not for a couple miscues then we have a chance to go win it in the ninth that's what you want to see especially on a friday night uh, Saturday, the same thing, played them really well. Uh, we saw some guys take some really good cuts. <clears throat> Again, only giving up six. Um, and then Sunday, you know, we showed what we could do, especially when the other pitcher is giving us so much room to work with. And so I think that this weekend was a win, and they just got to clean up the defense and the mental mistakes. Um, you know, you see that in the eighth, that error happened, and you're like, okay, something's brewing. When Simo decides to tag or try to tag the guy instead of going straight to first, that's when you know as a baseball player it's over. Um, something bad is going to happen. And so, again, um, I think that this weekend really showed that we are a good team. We can compete at a, a very high level and that we have some room to grow as well so we can get better. I want to ask you about one of those plates in particular, Um Obviously, you just referenced the the more play, and I think you and I are both uh, in agreement that you just take the easy out at first. You're out of the inning. Um, you know, Halvey just drops it. It's unfortunate, but you literally just drop it. But what the uh, I think it was the fourth double, right? That you, you got to score it as a double because you can't score it as an error mm -hmm. in game two in that second inning or whatever it was um, for Chase Burns, and, and it's that pop up that's right in the middle of the infield, right over the pitcher's mound as an infielder. Okay, kind of walk me through this. Whose job is it to go and get that ball and take ownership? So with a ball like that that's directly in the middle of the infield, <clears throat> it's 
whoever calls it the loudest because you want to make sure that whoever has the best read on it catches it. And so it looked like the two guys on the right-hand side of the infield, that Simo and Burke, they heard Zane call it and they just gave up. When in reality, they should know the win. They should know that the ball's hit high enough. It's probably going to come back. That's one of the ones that you can practice as much as you want in practice. But when it comes to the game, you just don't know how it's going to be. And so Zane called it early. I like that. Show some initiative. Uh, but in reality, when you see Zane coming full steam over, trying to go across the pitcher's mound, you see the ball comes, coming to you. I'd like to see probably Simo take that ball and end up with <clears throat> not another double in that inning. Uh, but yeah, that's, that is a tough one. There's no way Burns should have, should have tried to catch that. But then also you see, um, and talking with some of the guys that some people are, are timid to go for balls, you know, Maui hasn't been very good at catching pop-ups. Zane's had a little struggle. Um, and so it's, it's a confidence thing. And when you have plays that keep on compounding like that, uh, the confidence does not build. It actually goes down. Um, so I think that's one of the things that V's going to stress in practice, make sure that they got it locked communication and just taking control um, and making sure that you secure the ball, know what the wind's doing, all that good stuff. I think it's funny because like Christian Moore is like at points in times, man, he's like taking ownership and trying to catch balls that are not his. Mm -hmm. and, exactly. and, and, and again, every play is different and you're right. I mean, if Zane's out there calling it, you, you let it go and everything. And, and I know it's, it's easy to sit here and like criticize, but I mean that, it tailed there at the end. I mean, it looked like it was right over the mound, and then it tailed over at the very end. It's just and so that's that's one of those balls that <clears throat> when it's hit, it's got so much backspin, and yeah. then the wind is also pushing it that it just it almost it hits a gust and like zooms down and over. So, you know, it's it's a tough one. Yeah, it is no doubt. It is no doubt. Um, starting pitching, you you can break it down game by game if you want. I thought just my thoughts. Uh, Chase Dolander didn't have his best stuff whatsoever. But credit to him for working himself out of so many jams, stranding runners at third and at second base to get out, you know, allowing just the one run or whatever. Handed the ball off to Seth Halverson with, with Tennessee an opportunity to win the game. I thought that was good. Chase Burns, I thought he did some things. I mean, I thought he, he created a lot of swings and misses. But, man, when LSU made contact, they just made him pay and just pounded him for extra bases a little bit. Um, and, and then Drew Beam, I thought on Saturday, you know, came out and got some big outs early, but I thought, you know, the error by, I believe it was Burke in that or earlier in the game. And then his own error just kind of was his own downfall. So I wouldn't say the pitching was horrible. I would say Burns, Burns was not good enough to win on Friday. Doe probably was, even though he didn't have his best stuff. And, you know, Saturday was kind of a weird day because you had all those runs of support. I just feel like those guys needed, obviously need to last a little longer into the games. What, what do you think? So I think you hit the nail on the head <clears throat> with Dolly. It almost seems like he was trying to get himself into tough situations just so he could pitch himself out. Um, he was around the zone. He was walking guys, which is uncharacteristic of him. I think he might be in his head and not going straight after guys. Cause he has been getting hit around. Uh, it's, it's one of those things that you let Frank do his thing, calm him down, get the confidence back. Cause the stuff is there. Um, I know that he didn't have as as many strikeouts as normal or whatever. Um, but like you said, he pitched a poor game and still only gave up two earned runs. That's to LSU. Good. Yeah, two LSU. Um, that's great when you can have an off day and still not have it just completely implode. And then I thought Halverson 
looked like a Friday guy coming in. I think that is the ideal situation on Friday is to have Dolly go, I mean, a little more than four and two thirds, you know, maybe six or seven, and then have Halvey come and shut the door. And Halvey looked incredible, didn't give up an earned run, pumping the fastball up to 98 with that turbo sink. Um, and so you you got dogs who are pitching well, um, but just around or outside of the zone too much for Dolly, especially with his power stuff. Now Burns, um, what he's doing is is just weird because his stuff is there. You still see the strikeout numbers are really high, which means he has swing and miss stuff. <clears throat> what I've noticed is when he throws his fastball, it almost seems like it's either three balls off the plate, so not even really close, or it's catching way too much white. Um, and so <clears throat> not saying that he needs to nibble, but just figure out how to, you know, put it a little bit farther away from the middle of the play with the fastball. And then Saturday, you could see his slider was up the entire game, the entire time he was out there. Um, most of the times it was out of the zone. And then when it was in the zone, it seemed like it was just right there, belt high, um, easy to hit. <clears throat> and so for him, it might just be a confidence thing. Again, let Frank do his thing, get him back to his zone. Um, I also thought um, Lindsey pitched really well that game coming in and, and relief. Um, but then as far as beam goes, like you said, pretty steady. Um, when you get that big of a lead, maybe there's a little bit of, I got this, or it could be, hey, we got this lead. We can't lose it. You know, either way, maybe a little bit of tension because he does not usually make fielding errors as a pitcher. He's very steadfast in that way. Um, but like you said, there's there's room to grow, little tweaks to make, you know, uh, for every single guy. But as far as not giving up 10 spots, whatever, it's not the worst thing. You know, it's if they're already pitching as best as they can right now, that's a bad thing. Having room to grow is a good thing. So, so I mean, you kind of answered my question right there. And I'm, I'm not worried about those three guys because, I mean, what we saw last year – you know, that's the pinnacle. We know what they can do. And it's not fair to hold them to that standard every single start out there. I get that. It's baseball. But in three SEC series, the, the starting pitching has not been up to the standard that, that you're used to, right? But it, it's just you need more of a sample size. You need to kind of work yourself out of it. No reason whatsoever to panic right now with those three guys, correct? Correct, yeah. Um, <clears throat> an interesting note, too, is uh, from the people I've been talking to, apparently Missouri and AM both had – are signs that were not signs per se. They were getting the pitches based on what the pitcher was doing. Um, and so I think that we'll see them work that kink out as well, hopefully because, I mean, Florida's got quite a good lineup. Yeah, yeah no doubt about it. Again, let's let's kind of look at that lineup. Uh, you know, one of the hottest and, and, and best, you know, hitters in college baseball right now, Jack Coglion. He's fantastic. He's obviously, you know, he's their number three starter as well. So the two-way capabilities is really good 18 home runs leading the nation he's, he's heading over 400 it's another dylan cruz out there right now if you will but not only him you got wyatt langford who's a prospect you've got josh rivera the shortstop who's doing really well they have a great hitting catcher uh it's, it's just another sec series right it's another loaded offensive lineup for the florida gators this weekend <clears throat> that's exactly <clears throat> that's exactly correct you know i would compare them to another SEC, or sorry, not SEC, another LSU lineup with a little bit more pop. Um, I know that sounds even scarier, uh, but, you know, you just got one through nine guys that can rake. 
um, especially in that top first five people. You know, Josh Rivera is doing a lot better than he did last year. Wyatt Langford, so steady and good, can drive the ball. Jack Caglione is just a beast. You know, with what he's doing is unheard of, pitching and hitting. You know, he's looking like a, a college baseball show, hey. Um, and so and w- it, what he's doing is, is incredible. But again, yes, it's another SEC series. They already faced the top of the top. Um, so they can have confidence going in to this series that they've already been to the top. They did fine. Just lock it in and do what they do. Um, you know, there's going to be some balls hit out of the park. That's just the nature of it. Um, but I, I don't think it's anything to freak out about, you know. So when I look at Florida's starters, and I, I said this earlier in the show, I feel like Tennessee's best opportunity to, you know, get off on the right foot and everything is to get out of the starters, you know. I mean, obviously you see ball, want to hit ball. You look at Brandon Sprout, who 4-1, 545 ERA. He struggled his last two SEC starts. Herson Waltrip, who was an All-American at, so- at Southern Miss last year, he's got a 474 ERA, and he's been a little up and down in SEC play. And then Jack Haglione has got a 418 ERA, the lowest of the starters, but he too has really struggled in SEC play. I feel like Tennessee's lineup, who you know is is it's becoming deeper. They're, they have better at bats now in recent weeks. I feel like it's a good opportunity. There's some parallels there because those guys are some dogs and they can pitch. Kind of like Tennessee right now. We know that Tennessee has some dogs and they can pitch and they're going to be in the big leagues, but, but maybe not pitching up to the standard right now. I feel like Tennessee's offense, a great opportunity to jump out early in games and really set the tone against Florida. Yeah, so the stuff is there. You know, you got Sproat who can run it up to what seems like 100, Waldrip 98 or whatever it is, and then Caglione, of course, 98. What you see is them getting behind in counts, them not pitching ahead. So like you said, we have a chance to get after them and maybe rattle them a little bit. I remember facing Sproat last year, and it, it seemed fairly easy to get in his head. You know, a couple of hits here and there, he walks a guy, and then he's done for um, Waldrip, not as familiar with, of course, playing over at Southern Miss. Um, but a- again, you see the the ERAs up. Um, I'm, I'm guessing he's leaving pitches over the middle. And then Caglione, the last two games that I've seen from him, a lot of walks. And so I think that our hitters are going to stress this week is being disciplined, you know, not chasing. Because if we start chasing, that's where they're going to have success. <clears throat> but other teams you see against them, when they don't chase, they knock them around. And so, like you said, our guys putting together better ABs. Uh, it's nothing but good news for the Vols this weekend. Just hold to their own. Don't chase, and they'll be just fine. 30 strikeouts for Caglione, 21 walks so far this season. That's not it's not what you want, certainly not what he wants. So, yeah, take advantage of that. All right, it's SEC baseball, man. You go from number one LSU, come back home, number three Florida. You go on the road to uh, – Top 10 Arkansas, come back to Vanderbilt. Uh, as a player, is it just really just a one-day-at-a-time mentality? I mean, it, I feel like it's got to be because if you look ahead to anything, you can't afford to do that or you'll get you'll get smacked in the face on that current game. Oh, 100%. You are looking at the game that you were playing that day, the practice you're doing that day. There's nothing else that matters. And V is so good at preaching that, that just play in the moment, don't look ahead. Uh, but this stretch of elite teams, I think Arkansas is six, maybe yeah, five so. or six. Um, so we're going from one, three, 
six, and then four. And that's exactly what you look for uh, in the SEC when you come to play SEC ball. So they're, they're, they're getting what they came for. Um, and so I know they're excited to see what they can do and maybe prove to those who've been doubting them and then maybe even solidify to those who have been backing them. But yeah, it's, it's really just take it one game at a time. You know you've got quite the competition ahead of you. Um, and yeah, I'm, I'm really excited for this stretch. I think everyone's had this stretch penciled in, the, in on the calendars. Yeah, no doubt. It's going to be a good one. Tennessee will get going with Florida uh, tomorrow, Thursday, for the uh, 8 o'clock start time. All three of these games, I mean, weather's going to be pending because weather's going to be a complete uh, chaotic just mess this weekend. But you got ESPNU on Thursday. I think you're the SEC Network on Friday and then ESPN2 on Saturday. So a good opportunity. I do want to ask you one more question kind of out the door here. Uh, first baseman to first baseman, you know, Blake Burke. Um Got dropped from the order a little bit, worked out a little bit well, which is good. Mm -hmm. See him get a couple of hits. What are you seeing from Blake Burke right now? Do you think it was good for him to get moved down? And, and do you see him maybe uh, going back up to the three hole? Because when he's hitting, I think he's the best, you know, three, he might be one of the better three hole hitters in the conference. Yeah. So what I see from him is probably his first struggle as a college baseball player. Even last year, it didn't seem like he slumped. Um, and so what he's doing right now, we can call him maybe a little mini slump. You know, his average is still up there around 330 or whatever it is. Um, but so what V likes to do is drop those guys, maybe take a little bit of the pressure off of them because he is still young, which people tend to forget because he is just so good. And so what what I think we'll, we'll see happen is get his confidence back. Um, you know, <clears throat> with him lower in the order, we did just fine. Um, get his confidence back, and then we'll see him work his way up. But even uh, he was hitting in the five hole, correct? Yeah, that's still a, a good RBI spot. Still getting on, driving guys in, and so it's nothing for him to be worried about. It's just you know take the pressure off, get back to your swing, and, and do your thing. Hey, Zane Denton should never come out of the bottom of the order, right? I mean, he's hitting when he's hitting seven or nine. I mean, he's raking, and then, mm -hmm. and then it's a small sample size. But when you go back to four. It's like, ah, 0 for 3, 0 for 4. But when he's hitting 7 or 9, boy, he's he's really come alive. Yeah, very, very true. You know, it's and they're going to do what's best for the order for that game. Um, you know, I, I don't mind him in either spot, even though we've seen struggles from the four hole. I just think he's so good at yeah. driving guys in that it's hard to take him out of that four hole. But it's it's also hard to to count out, count out the success he's had at the bottom of the order. You got, you got to love that switch bat as well, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's cool stuff. How many, how many, I know I said last thing like five minutes ago, how many switch hitters, like real switch hitters did you kind of see throughout your college career? You were there a while. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, not <laughs> as many. Zane is really the, the only one that really stands out. Mangum, of course, is kind of the, the top tier of switch hitters. You know, and what that guy did was just unbelievable. But Zane is up there too. And then after that, you don't really think about switch hitters. They're more just like – um I don't know, random uh, seven or eight hole guys, you know, that don't do what Zane does down there. Um, but, you know, it's it's just you don't see it, especially them producing the way they do. Um, Jim Jarvis, I think, uh, brings up another point. I believe he's a switch hitter for Bama. Um, but just those guys, you know, it's they don't do what Zane does, and that's what makes him so special. All right, swear, this is the last thing. Yeah. Prediction for this weekend. It's going to oh. be tough, uh, but you are playing at home. And uh, I think there's opportunity. Do you like Tennessee uh, winning this series against Florida? You know, I am so scared to do a prediction. 
Uh, last time I did a prediction, we got swept. That's <laughs> fine. Yeah, that's fine. Um, I do think that this is a great weekend for us. We're back at home. We love playing at home. We got Florida coming in, coming off of a series that's good for us, but also a lot of room to grow. I think we go two and one on the weekend. I'm thinking a Friday dub, and then we'll see what happens the next two games. But I'm thinking we win the series, and you know we send Florida home a sad team. <laughs> I like it, man. It's Luke Lipsius, former Tennessee first baseman, home run champion. Joins us every single week here on theporchfallquest.com. Luke, thanks as always, man. Appreciate you. Thanks so much, Eric. All right. Awesome insight there from Luke Lipsius on pretty much the entire game. That's, you know, in the batter's box, over on the first base bag, kind of being in the mindset of the pitchers, all that good stuff. Man, it's one of my favorite times of the week to talk with him because I learn. I learn so much uh, when I talk with him as well, and I hope you do too. That's kind of the point of, of bringing Luke on here to get that player's perspective. All right, Tennessee, Florida, beginning Thursday, 8 o'clock Eastern, Friday, 7 o'clock Eastern, and Saturday, it'll be 2 o'clock Eastern. Big, big, big series coming up for Tennessee, the number 11 Tennessee Volunteers, according to D1 Baseball, and number 3 Florida. That's coming your way, and we'll have all the coverage right here, as always, at VolQuest.com. Thank you so much to Spivey King and Spivey LLP problem let them find a solution for you that is tn trial lawyers give them a call today for a free consultation that is 423-245-4185 423-245-4185 for a free consultation or visit them online at spivey king and spivey llp.com guys i appreciate it thanks so much for joining me here on the porch of all baseball podcast